there, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to E Pluribus Unum, a podcast dedicated to establishing true unity, and true unity comes only through understanding. So I explain the general conservative position on a variety of topics and share biblical values everyone can use to improve his or her life. Today is National I Want You to Be Happy Day. The way to celebrate is by making other people happy, which is what I try to do on this podcast. I try to make you happy, or at least bring happiness to your day, because truthfully, I don't know if any of us can actually make someone else be happy. Happiness is a choice that each individual has to make for him or herself, but we can certainly help people along that journey by being kind and thoughtful and adding little bits of happiness to their days. And that's what I'm here for. So hopefully I do that for you. Hopefully when you listen to me, your day is a little bit more positive, a little bit brighter. I'm not here to prophesy doomsday or to make you question where the country is going or where the world is going. I want you to leave every day after you listen to the podcast feeling better, more positive, and more hopeful, whether you feel that way about the world or just about yourself and the role that you play in the world, how you can make your own personal life better. If I do any of that for you, and if you think that this podcast could do that for other people in your life, then please share the podcast, share it with your friends, share it with your family, anyone that you think will be impacted positively by listening to the podcast. If you're a longtime listener, you know that when I talk about politics, I really try to be fair. So if you are trying to introduce someone who might be on the opposite side of the political spectrum from you to some conservative ideas, we're happy to have them here. Everyone is welcome. This is not a podcast telling some people that they are smart and some people stupid, or that some people are good and some people are bad. On this podcast, we are all learning and growing together. I am not even anywhere close to being perfect. I'm not talking down at you. I'm conversing with you about the things we can all work on together and the things that we can learn to become better people. And as we become better people, we'll create a better world. If this podcast makes you happy, share it with someone that you want to be happy. And today, National I Want You To Be Happy Day is a perfect day to do that. And as a bonus, when you share it, you will also make me happy because I am trying to share this podcast with as many people as possible, but I need your help. When you get an opportunity, please share the podcast. Also, subscribe so you always get the latest episode and leave a review and a rating. It helps me. It will help other people find the podcast. Today, I want to talk about the English language. I love English. It's a very interesting language. It's a rich language. It's a beautiful language because it's been influenced by so many other languages and because of its interesting history. I specifically want to talk about the idea of having a national language. This is a conversation that seemed to come up every couple of years or every once in a while. A columnist would talk about the need for a national language. I imagine these days talking about trying to establish some sort of national language would not be welcomed in this day of diversity, but it is a conversation worth having, as is almost any topic, actually. Conversations are worth having because then we learn things, we increase our understanding. But this specifically is a conversation worth having when we are working towards unity. Being united by language is a legitimate way of promoting togetherness. And we can't really communicate with each other if we don't have a common language or if we don't agree on what the words in the common language mean. And these days, it seems like every other day there is a new word or a new meaning that we have to come to terms with and understand. 
whether that is no longer having his or her as singular pronouns, but instead using their, whether it's knowing to call people BIPOC versus Black versus Brown versus whatever term people prefer, whether it's trying to understand what anti-racism is versus just not being racist, equity versus equality. There are new words all the time. How many of you say that you're going to Google something instead of just look it up online? We have new words all the time. It's important that we all understand what the words mean because we can't have conversations if we don't all agree on the meaning of words. Right now, there is no official national language. English is the main language for schools, for most government documents, road signs, etc. There is a lot of Spanish on documents, though not on road signs, which is interesting when one visits other countries, like Israel, for instance, road signs are often in Hebrew, English, and Arabic, but here things are just in English, but we don't have an official national language. There are over 350 languages spoken in the U.S., which is incredible, and is as it should be because the U.S. is a melting pot of people from a variety of cultures and backgrounds and people from different countries. And when people come to the U.S., they still have their language. And I think it's beautiful when people speak the language or read the language or write the language of their ancestors or from their homeland. Speaking a language, it does so much for us. It's not just literally about the need to talk, but it's connection. When we speak the same language as someone else, we can connect to them more deeply than if we don't understand the language. We can also connect to historic texts or to art or media. There are so many things that we can connect to if we know the language. For instance, there are family documents in my family that are written in German. I don't speak German. If I want to understand them, I'd have to bring them to someone who speaks German, and they could translate it for me, and then I would know what it meant, but it would be through a third person. And it's not the same as being able to understand the language directly. So it is wonderful when people still speak the language of their family. It's also good if people learn a second language or a third language just because they're interested in languages. Again, language connects us to more than just the people alive today who speak that language, but we can connect to historical documents and art and all of these things from the past that are also in that language. So if you're interested in reading, if you love the Bible, you might be interested in learning Greek so that you can read the older versions, or even more so, you might want to learn Hebrew so you can really understand the original source material. Or if you love French poetry, it's one thing to read a translation, but it's very different to read it in the original language. So language is so beautiful and so meaningful. It's a good thing that people speak and read and write in a variety of languages all over the world, and specifically in the U.S., because that's the kind of country that we are, that we are a melting pot of different cultures. However, we still need to communicate with each other. And if everyone spoke a different language, if everyone spoke his or her own language, we wouldn't be able to communicate with anyone. That's why language exists so that we can communicate with other people and have business transactions and relationships and build bridges, both literal and metaphorical bridges, and so that we can cook food. Everything that we do, we need language for, and this includes sign language. Some people can't speak and some people can't hear, but there is still an agreed upon language, whether it's American Sign Language or Spanish Sign Language, actually it might be country specific. The point is, it's not about spoken language necessarily, it's about having a shared language you know, we can use to communicate to solve problems and to connect with each other. If we want to connect as a country at large, we need something that binds us and that allows us to communicate. Most of our communication already is done in English, so some people might ask why it's important to have it be 
an official national language. The reason it's important is because you're creating a standard that students and adults and that new people coming to the country have agreed that this is what we're all going to speak and how we're all going to communicate and what we're all going to work towards. If there isn't a national language, we can highly encourage people to learn the language, but it's a little bit harder to enforce it as the way that specifically the government works, actually, because if a business wants to conduct its business in another language, because that the language that most of their customers speak or most of their audience, that's totally reasonable. But having a national language is it's like a litmus test or a standard. When you come to this country, when you live in this country, you speak this language and it connects you to your neighbors and to people on the other side of the country. And it connects you to the history because our documents are written in that language and it connects you to the news and it connects you to our art and our entertainment and everything that we create because most of it is in that language. And you can understand the laws and how to operate within the society and how to be a good citizen within the society. And again, just general unity. As a case study, there is Belgium, which has two different areas, the North and the South. In the North, they primarily speak French. And in the South, it's primarily Dutch. And they have conflicts based solely on language. In fact, sometimes street signs, which are written in the language not of that area, are graffitied over and vandalized. And in a way, I must admit, it seems a little silly that people would get so worked up over what language someone else speaks. I don't care what language you speak. Spanish, Arabic, Hebrew, Chinese, like whatever. That's the language you speak. That's what you were born with. What I can't give you a hard time or expect something else from you if that's what you were brought up with. On the other hand, there is something unifying about really being able to communicate with someone that you've never met because you share the same language. And why English in the United States? It seems like a lot of opposition to having a national language is not so much opposition to a national language as it is opposition to English being the national language. I don't know if any other language has ever been floated as an option. Maybe Spanish. There was a group of people trying to make Esperanto a thing at a certain point. That was supposed to be a worldwide language. That never happened. But most people argue for English. It is not a European supremacist or white supremacist. Making English the national language is not about putting English above the others or about excluding other languages. It just recognizes the fact that most of our country already operates in English. So if we are going to pick an official language, that one just makes the most sense. Think about how much of an overhaul it would be to declare Dutch as the national language. Most people here don't speak Dutch. Our government is not in Dutch. Our schools are not in Dutch. We would have to change everything. The same thing with Spanish. Even though there are a lot of people that speak Spanish, it would still be an incredible overhaul of our whole system to declare Spanish the official language. So English, it's just the natural choice. That's what most people speak. That's what our government, that's how our government operates. But it actually does go a little bit deeper because our founding documents are written in English, and those founding documents, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, even speeches like Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Did I say dressed? Gettysburg Address. Any of those foundational documents or speeches that inform who we are as a nation are written in English. And if we decided today that Dutch was going to be the national language, for instance, today, most of us would still understand those documents. And the next generation, and maybe two generations, but in a few generations, people wouldn't understand them. They'd be translated, but translations are never the same as the real thing. And so to connect to our history, where we've come from, what we mean as a country, it just makes sense for English to be 
the national language. Moreover, English metaphorically is a very good representation of the United States because English is so influenced by a variety of other languages. There's Germanic influences and French influences and Spanish influence. English is as much of a melting pot as the United States itself is. It's a very inclusive language. It's also not a gendered language, which is interesting for these days when people care about that kind of thing, because our nouns and our verbs don't change with the gender as they do in other languages like French and Hebrew, which are the examples I go to because those are the ones that I speak. I think that's true in a lot of languages, but English is a hodgepodge. It's cobbled together from a lot of different places, and that's what the United States is. We're a hodgepodge of different people all coming together with a common goal of creating a country that is free. This is not an implication that English is a better language than any other language. To use Belgium as an example, to go back to them, if Belgium wanted to establish an official language, I wouldn't recommend that they use English. They would choose between French, Dutch, and German because those are the languages already spoken there. So I'm not saying that English is the best language. Every language has beauty and a different rhythm to it. But for our country, English makes the most sense. And having a united language makes the most sense. We can't have discussions with people if we can't talk. And further, we can't really have discussions if we don't agree on meanings, which is a different conversation, the idea that words just take on whatever meaning people want it to mean. For instance, racism, which used to mean an attitude, which still means really an attitude towards a race or group of people that is prejudiced and hateful based off of nothing more than their race. But now racism for some people means that only those in power, and I put power in quotes, have the ability to be racist. So words change meaning and we have to agree on the meaning of words to have real conversations. But that's a little bit of a different conversation. Today, we're really just focused on the idea of having a national language, having something to unify around. And having a national language doesn't mean discouraging people from speaking their own language or giving a hard time to people who struggle with English. Someone who comes to the United States as a child will probably quickly pick up English, but someone who comes as an adult is going to have a hard time. And even if they become very fluent with the language, an accent is still going to be there. And some people pick up languages easier than other people. Having an official national language doesn't discourage people from coming and doesn't really change the situation for people who come because even if the language isn't official, English is still the most commonly spoken language and when people move here, it does behoove them to learn to speak the language if they want to fully participate, to get a job, and to enjoy the entertainment, and hang out with friends. And that's the same if any of us moved to any other country. If we moved to Egypt, we would be encouraged to learn Arabic. If we moved to Germany, we would be encouraged, and we should, learn German if we want to fully be a part of that culture and that country. So it's the same thing when people come here. If they want to fully participate, we should encourage and help them learn English, which is why there are so many English as a second language classes for adults. We have to put ourselves in the shoes of someone moving to another country and trying to learn that language to understand why it is important for someone coming here to learn English because otherwise, for some reason, people start to think of the suggestion that people learn English when they come here as some sort of American-centric, Anglo-centric discrimination or something like that, that people who come here and speak other languages can't fully participate. It's not a purposeful discrimination. It's just a matter of life. If one can't speak the language of the place where one is, one is not going to be able to fully participate in that culture. And we should be a com 
we should be as accommodating as possible to people who are trying to learn the language by offering classes, by not being mean to people, obviously, who can't speak the language or people who have an accent. Adults who emigrate might never lose their accent. Wanting people to learn English is not about excluding people. It's actually about including people because we're saying this is the language we speak. Come join us, communicate, be part of us. We want to communicate with you. Let's, let's talk together. Let's learn the same language. But they have come to the United States. Just as, again, if I went to France, I would hope that people would be kind to me as I struggled with the language, but I wouldn't expect everyone change for me. I would change for them. Same thing when someone comes to the United States. We should be as kind and considerate as possible when someone is trying to learn the language, but we should also expect that they learn the language. We can't change our whole society for them. They have to change for us. That's reasonable. That's the only way to make it happen. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to communicate. 350 languages are spoken in the US. If we accommodated to every single language, we wouldn't be able to communicate with anyone. Government documents would be even longer than they are because they'd have to accommodate a ton of different languages. And that would be true for every store, every street sign. It would be ridiculous. We pick a language that we can all communicate in so that we can all understand each other and, and build communities and build unity. That's just a brief discussion about having English as a national language. I think it's a conversation worth having and a conversation that we can only have when we all speak the same language. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to go celebrate I Want You To Be Happy Day. And you know a great way to celebrate I Want You To Be Happy Day? By being a little kinder than necessary. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to E Pluribus Unum. I hope today's episode made you think or brought some clarity and positivity to your day. Subscribe to the show to always get the most recent episode directly to your device. Please leave a rating and a review and share the show with your family, friends, or anyone you think might benefit from a little Torah wisdom and conservative thoughts. For more of my thoughts and ideas I share from others, please follow me on Instagram at conservativejewishfemale or read my blog conservativejewishfemale.blogspot.com. The intro-outro music is Chopin's Waterfall Etude. Have a great day!